Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Matthew 21. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road, Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Francis. So we're entering a very special time of the year. Um, Hallelujah. It's Holy Week. Some call it Passion Week. Um, The Jewish nation are celebrating... I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Pesach, or the Passover, which involves for them close family time. They share the cedar meal, cedar meals, and they read and tell stories of the Exodus. They pray and they remember the liberation of the Israelites from um, Egyptian slavery. We all know that story in Exodus, amen? And we know from the book of Exodus that the firstborn were all spared death. Amen. And how did they do that? They daubed the blood of a spotless, unblemished lamb on their doorposts. And uh, that was a sign for the destruction that was going to take place that night to pass over their homes. So that the blood was a sign that they were protected. Amen. The blood's a sign of protection. Hallelujah. The the other thing they do is they they leave the door open and they put an extra glass of wine on the table because they believe uh, that the prophet Elijah will reappear at some point, and this is symbolic of that happening, to announce the coming of the Messiah. Amen. So um, we know that the Messiah has come. We believe that he has already been here and he is coming back again to take his bride, to take his church with him. Amen. And so um, today's message 
though, begins here in Matthew 21, just as Francis just read. And most of us will see a subheading in our, in our Bibles that says the triumphant entry. The triumphant entry. But if you really meditate on this passage of Scripture, it's quite heartbreaking what happens. And it broke Jesus' heart. In Matthew 21, he was welcomed into that holy city of Jerusalem in the same fashion as a redeemer or a conqueror or some kind of a hero. It was customary for them to greet people in that way. They would throw clothing or garments down and they would use, that's where we get Palm Sunday from. They would take palm leaves or palm branches and, and put them down. And he's hailed, Jesus is hailed as someone who would save his people and restore the nation of Israel to its former glory because they're all remembering the days of King David and the days of King Solomon and just, wow, weren't we an awesome nation in those days? And here they are being totally oppressed by Rome and uh, they're in this situation and they're waiting, they're looking for a Messiah, someone to save them. You know, um, to be the focus of the adoration and the hopes of the people and less than a week later to be the object of the most cruel and horrible death by the very same people that esteemed him to be a savior, some type of a savior, but who did not really believe that he was the true Messiah. When you meditate on that, the turnaround, the, 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 the quickness and the severity of what went from everything's looking all right to where it went to is quite shocking. Amen. And uh, I say the, that he was the object of a cruel death. It was a, a totally inhumane. And the Romans had perfected that way of, of humiliating the people that they crucified. And um, we've got to remember that our Savior went through that complete humiliation. Um, and that's, our, that's coming in our message this weekend. You see, the people, they, they understood the oppression of Rome. And ultimately, they had to make a choice that we all still have to make this very day. And that choice is which kingdom, or should I say, whose kingdom are we going to choose? Which kingdom will I serve? You know, Rome, Rome was powerful in those days. They, was the, they were the epitome of power and might, Rome. And perhaps near that time, I don't know how factual this is, but in my studies, this is what I found, that while Jesus is entering the city from one side, it's quite possible Pontius Pilate and his cohorts were entering it from another side of the city. Um, they were arriving for the Passover too. The Passover was one celebration that the Romans tolerated of the Jews. So the city would have been an immense state, you know, buzz of activity and everything. Everyone who was someone would have been in the city at that particular time. Amen. But for all of that might and everything else that they portrayed, we know that it was a cruel 
cruel um, nation or, or government. Amen. What a contrast to Jesus. He's coming into the city in humility, with in, 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 in humbleness on, on, on a colt, a young colt or a donkey. And he's coming in gentleness and he's coming with peace. He's the Prince of Peace, so he's coming in like that. So you have this contrast of the might of Rome with all its pomp and its splendor and its, the bling and the pizzazz. And then somewhere else across the city, Jesus is coming in <laughs> on, a, on, a, on, a, on a cult. And um, at that very moment, the choice, the choice about who will you serve had arrived in their day at that very time. Amen. I was in contact, I was uh, uh, in contact with someone yesterday and I spoke about how, I don't know about you guys, but I learned, I've learned a lot through this pandemic. I've learned a lot. My, my heart, my spirit, and my mind has been changed in so many areas through this pandemic. And I'm determined to see God's work thrive wherever it is. Whether it's in Kawinning, whether it's with young Stephen and Karis in Kilmarnock, whether it's with the, wherever it is, I want to see, we want to see the Church of Scotland thrive. We want to see the churches thrive anywhere where the name of Jesus is lifted up and the gospel is preached. We want to see them thrive. Amen. Amen. But it's an inescapable fact that the times have arrived where a clash of kingdoms is here and now. And that clash of kingdoms is going to be much more obvious. And the effects of that clash of kingdoms is going to come right to your doorstep. It's going to be far-reaching. Amen. But thank the Lord that where sin and darkness abounds, grace does much more abound. So um, we, we've, we, you've heard this and we've said it. As, as, as the days grow darker, the light shines brighter. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus is coming into the city and the people are, cry, are crying out a Hebrew word, Hosanna. Hosanna, which means save us now, save now, save us now. They were crying out for a savior. Amen. Two chapters later, we're going from Matthew 21 to Matthew 23. Jesus breaks his heart over Jerusalem and his people. And in Matthew 23 from verse 37, it says, Jesus is breaking his heart, says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Now remember, they, they thought, who is Jesus? Who is this guy? Save us. Maybe he's a great prophet or he's, maybe he's something like that. How often I wanted to Gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. How quickly life can change. You know, if there's one thing that we can take from this biblical period of time, this week of time, is that life, just like people, can be fickle and it can turn around in the blink of an eye. Amen.
I'm going to use an up-to-date example of that right now, a top topical example. One minute, you're merrily, merrily sailing down the Suez Canal, and the next minute, you're the world's most expensive dam wall. That's dam, D-A-M. Dam wall. Just, and, and you're just like, where, how on earth did that happen? Well, there was a wind involved. And, um, you know, I think some of us feel like we've been running into a headwind through this whole pandemic. There's winds that try and blow you off course and that try and upset you. And, they, and, and the winds, they, get the, they, get, they bring the storms. So here's this massive ship that's now a huge damn wall. But if it could happen to Jesus, we shouldn't be surprised that it can happen to us too. Amen. Within a week, Jesus had alienated all the powerful people, all the religious people, the local rulers, the priests. Jesus had arrived and he wasn't going to play the game by their rules. <laughs> Amen. And and in less than a week, he disappoints all the people that were there welcoming him into the city because it doesn't seem like Jesus is going to do all these things that we thought he would do. Help the impoverished and in all of this. Of course, we know the bigger picture, but they, they, they were, the Jesus that they wanted was not the same as the Jesus who arrived in Jerusalem that day. Amen. In less than a week, He's betrayed by one of his disciples and the rest of them abandon him in total fear and confusion. Things, things aren't going well. And, you know, during this week, we see a side of Jesus that's, that be becomes sharper, not so soft and gentle. You know, we've got to realize that even though the Bible says Jesus was meek and mild, he wasn't a pushover. Jesus was a man. And he was, he, 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 he knew what he was about. Amen. And so we see this side of Jesus. We see his anger at the temple tax. We see him, we see him clearing the temple out of, the, out of uh, all the money changers. We see him like, the Bible says he formed a whip and he chased them out. Now, that doesn't sound like Jesus, gent gentle, meek, and mild to me. That sounds like I'm getting my house in order. Do you know, I heard one time that, that the, 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 the courtyard of the temple was actually being used as a, it was in use daily as a shortcut. Yeah, I'm just going to use the church as a shortcut. But that became, that, that was a metaphor for the way that people began to use religion and the temple. It was a shortcut to what they wanted. Amen. So he comes in and he starts clearing this out. Amen. So those people that were there that appeared to be religious and holy, they had actually bought into the Roman system and they were working in cahoots with one another Amen. And uh, it was like a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours scenario. And Jesus went in and he was going to fix this and put it to rights. Amen. 
you know, um, people think, you know what, I can, as long as I'm in control, you know, I can be a little irreverent, I can do this, I can do that, as long as I'm in control. And the reality is that none of us really have control. Amen? No one is in as much control as they think they are. And I think that's why God created us with hair, to remind us of that fact that none of us are really in control because I've had pandemic hair for so long. You know, God has a way of getting through to us and reaching us. You're not, you're not really in control of everything, okay? And I'm not going for hair implants or anything. It's just the way things are, amen? It's been a terrible hair, hair year, not even a terrible hair day, never mind, amen? But we've been through this time where our world's been shattered uh, into pieces, but it's, it's not so much that we know there will be difficulty in putting the pieces back together again, but it's that some of the pieces are gone. Some of them have been lost. Some of the pieces have been damaged beyond repair. And all we have is what's left. And taking all of these pieces and we're trying to figure out what they should now look like as they come back together. It's been a hard year for many people. I know the, the loss that people have suffered, the hard times they've had to go through. Trying to figure out what's this all going to look like when it comes back together. What's my life now? What will my future look like now that the landscape of the world has completely changed? The employment market is changing rapidly. Governments and, and, and laws and everything changing rapidly. I, st I studied for this or I specialized in that. Now what do I do? I just started a business and now the world's been turned upside down. And what I know or what I possess or what I've invested in so far is going to either be completely redundant or useless. And I was thinking about this, and when I thought about that, I thought of a jigsaw puzzle. You know, what if you received a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle, and as if it wasn't already hard enough because some of the bits were missing, you didn't get the box, so you don't know what the picture looks like. You don't know what the jigsaw is supposed to look like when it's finished. How could we begin to take those pieces and create something that's recognizable? There's good news. <laughs> There's always good news. The good news is this. And Easter demonstrates this to us more than anything, that God keeps his promises to you and I. The blood speaks a better word. The blood speaks a better word over you. Amen. God can give you the picture that is, you don't have. He can give you the vision that will enable you to take all of those pieces that you now hold and help you put them back into place. 
and he will be the glue that binds all those pieces of life together again. And we, say, we might say, well, what about the pieces that I don't have? If I do all this, this thing's not going to be pretty to look at. It's going to be ugly. It'll be perfect in God's sight. People look on the outward appearance, but God will always look on your heart. People might look at your life and provide their opinions as people want to do these days. But you have to live your life true to what Jesus has called you to and who you are in Christ. The other night we were, we were here with the, the youth band and we were rehearsing. You're going to hear them on Easter weekend. They're going to play for you. And we gave them this little this little sheet here, and anyone can get this from me, by the way. I can't remember who gave this to me. I think it may have been Jeremy. What is the truth about me? I am a, do you ever think I am unlovable? I am unacceptable. I'm unworthy. I'm anxious. I'm weak. I'm not smart enough. All of these things, well, there is a promise of God that will address every one of those, every one of those thoughts or um, feelings that you have. Amen. So sp people these days spend a lot of energy trying to appear like they have it all together. And this is just the way it is these days. This is the trend. It's the way it's done. As opposed to, well, how did God intend for your life to look? Amen. Who's going to have kingship in our lives the power and the might and the things of this world. You think of the Roman Empire. Or do we choose love, the royal law of love, to guide and to guard and to govern our lives daily? If we live our lives out of love for one another and for, this for the people of this world, we don't have to love the systems and the dirt and everything. We can see that Jesus wasn't happy with that. Okay? Now, I might not go into the market bar with a whip, but I could go in there with, I could go in there with the love of Christ. Okay? Amen? Who will have kingship in our lives? Have faith in God. Have trust in the Lord your God because you are his workmanship. Amen? Created before time to do good works. And I'd just like to close with this scripture here in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. It says there, now as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment all around you. They'll surround you and close you in on every side. Does that sound familiar? And they'll level you and your children with you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. You did not know the time of your visitation. They did not know that this was Jesus, the Son of God.
that was there for them. You know, life brings us face to face with a lot of big questions. Amen. A lot of big questions. Will you marry me? Do you still love me? <laughs> all of these type of questions and much more. But all of these questions that life asks you is nothing compared to the question in Mark chapter 8, verse 29, which says, Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. Who do, who do you say that Jesus is? And as I said at the beginning, these people wanted Jesus to be the Jesus of all of their wants. But God's not the God of our wants. He's the God of our needs. And he knows we need a savior. And that need is the first need, need that has to be met before the other needs are met. Because he is a God that supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. This morning, I'd like, to, I'd like to put an altar call out and I'd like us just to bow our heads and I'd like to invite anyone this morning that is in this place, I'd like to invite you to rededicate your life, give it back to Jesus. Or if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus as your, as your savior, then you can make him your savior today. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was the son of God and that he hung on the cross for you and that he was raised from the dead, then you will be saved. And then God will come into your life like a flood. He'll have met the greatest need that you've ever had and he will begin to supply all of the needs that you will ever have in the future. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.